You're listening to Talking Tricks, the home of amazing stories from magic, circus, variety and comedy performers. Hello and welcome to Talking Tricks, a podcast with us, Kane and Abel, two magicians with the exact same voice. And we've got a heck of an episode lined up for you today. Last night, we were lucky enough to be in two of the 98 cinemas throughout the United Kingdom that played the amazing Jonathan documentary, a brand new film from Ben Berman. In fact, his first ever film in which he aimed to document the the life and, and death of the amazing Jonathan as the amazing Jonathan is given a year to live Ben starts filming it's a fascinating insight into the life of a Las Vegas legend with months weeks days to live he doesn't know he's sort of got this existence of not really knowing um, what to do with himself he's made all the money in the world he's got a beautiful wonderful wife and uh, he's still also addicted to, to drugs. His career and life has been forged with drugs and he kind of still thinks that that's partly the reason why he's so successful and, and became famous. And he's still addicted to meth. Um, but along the way we discover, as I'm sure you will know listening to this, that he's still alive, he hasn't died. And this causes frustration. I suggest for, for, for Ben, he, he thought he was making a film about a man dying and the man isn't dying. So the amazing Jonathan goes back out on the road and with that we, we see a man still addicted to performing, still fantastic, still able to really hold a crowd and entertain a crowd. It, it's a fascinating documentary, it's funny, it's heartwarming at times. If you haven't seen the documentary, if you haven't even seen the trailer, we're going to play the trailer now so you can hear the audio of the trailer. And this will really set up everything that we're going to talk about over this podcast because immediately after the trailer, we're going to go to immediately after Neil Kelso and I finish watching the film. Neil Kelso is an actor, a magician and a lovely bloke. And we watch the film together and and we're going to go to that afterwards and you'll be able to hear mine and Neil's take. Nothing you're seeing is real. Can you trust anything that a magician does? Do you remember the first email you ever sent to me? No. It's very short, very simple. So it ends with, if we just stick to the truth. What's your point to this? What are you saying, Ben? Put your hands together for Amazing Jonathan. The Amazing Jonathan sort of deconstructed magic. He was like a rebel magician. I loved him. I performed in over 100 TV shows, made millions of dollars, and everything came crashing down when I was told I had a year to live. It's not a joke. So, my diagnosis of the heart problem was years ago. I'm overdue. Do a little speed now and then. He's never going to quit. I want to go back on the road and do some more shows. He associates the success with the drugs. What are we telling him to go back to? It's not a good idea. What if he died on stage with people laughing because they thought it was part of his bit? Do you think there's any chance he's fabricating his diagnosis? The amazing Jonathan setting off a little bit of a comeback tour. Is he still sick? You know, you just never know with him. Is this a joke? Every morning I wake up worrying that he's going to not be alive anymore. Everyone thought that the whole dying bit was a prank. 
Sergio Desis. You need answers, buddy. Why are you even asking me that? Are you disappointed that I'm not dying in your time frame? Oh, don't, wait, don't go. You're wasting my time. What is really going on? This is way out of my realm. It's like private investigator work. Access might be cut off. This is my answering machine. I feel bad that I'm using him for his death. It's been going on for too long. He's been working on this for years. You need to finish something up. You're dealing with a mess. And they don't want to be filmed. <laughs> what is the story here? I want you to smoke with me. If I was in your shoes, I would smoke meth. It's guns of journalism. Keep telling yourself that. Absolutely not. You have to. I'm making a documentary on you. The other documentary team was there. Huh? So is it a race to get yours out first now? Why don't you see how weird that is? I do. We both gonna kill each other. So we have just walked out of the Castle Cinema, Brooksby Walk, Clapton. The we is me, Lawrence Abel, and Neil Kelso. It's me. There he is. Yeah. And we are now on our way to another pub. That's true. So we thought this would be a good opportunity to, uh, to get Mr. Neil Kelso's thoughts on the... Uh, Untitled Amazing Jonathan documentary. It was a, an experience. We were one of 98 cinemas watching the, the documentary and then we were treated to a Q&A session hosted by the hilarious um, Louis Ferru. Neil, yes. what's your uh, overall impressions on, on the evening? Oh, this evening has been lovely. The documentary was really excellent. I enjoyed it. I would encourage everyone to see it. Um, I think it's really interesting um i'm gonna avoid too many spoilers it's interestingly a documentary that you could have spoilers to so that in itself tells you some interesting things um i found it a really interesting journey to go on i feel like i learned lots both about amazing jonathan and about the process of documentary making um yeah there were lots of unexpected turns yeah i didn't i'd recommend anyone to watch it it's a it's an interesting thing I think, spoiler-wise, the main thing we'll avoid is the ending, because a lot of the film you're kind of watching, thinking, God, how's this going to end? Um, but I, I think we can talk quite openly about the amazing Jonathan and how he's presented during it without giving away too many spoilers. How did you feel he came across? I felt like it was probably a very honest portrayal of quite an amazing man. He's an am he is literally an amazing performer. He's iconic and has definitely created amazing work and been an amazing performer and I think it's really nice to see him off stage and also to see some of the challenges that he has in his life with with drugs and with the fame that he has um, and kind of health problems and things there's a lot of very human things you see him facing and through the lens of a documentary is an interesting way of seeing it but I think he comes across well I think it it does show his really playful character um so yeah i think i like all those things we you mentioned he's a, an amazing person a great person you could say behind every great man is a great woman uh, i would say amazing unbelievably uh, sort of compassionate patient lady anastasia sin mm. a performer in her own right um she, uh, kind of the way that she's presented is quite interesting I think, yeah. I mean, you, th you get a very raw first-hand account of somebody who's living with 
with the amazing Jonathan, with all of the greatness that he has, but also the problems that he has and the things that he faces and kind of how you get a glimpse of how difficult it must be for her living with what is a very complicated situation with his health problems, with drugs, with also fame and that whole world that they inhabit of being quite famous and kind of touring around America and being... So, yeah, it's... uh, She comes across as being this kind of interesting narrator because you have amazing Jonathan at the centre of it who, by definition, is a very unreliable narrator. He is a person who is a magician, therefore has illusions and tells stories and plays pranks on people and is a, a funny guy and will often go to a joke rather than necessarily reveal something intimate. But then you have her, who also lives with it, who just feels like a very honest kind of narrator of some quite poignant moments. And do you think it, it uh, sheds a, a fair light or a sort of interesting light on, on what's it like to be a kind of a magician at, I suppose, you know, the, the top end of success, um, but in the later years of, of his life? Um, well, being in a similar position myself <laughs> as being a world-famous magician, I don't know. I can't really necessarily speak to what his experience must be, but it is a really amazing insight into, into yeah, what his life is now, because you see him a lot at home. You also see him doing some performing, despite having difficult, like, difficulties with his health. Um, so you do see this man who is... Yeah, obviously not as young as he was when he was creating this material, which is very high energy, very energetic, very, as he says, drug-fueled, like very, very hyper material at times. So somebody who's like advancing in years and he clearly doesn't have as much energy as he did in in life. And um, so it is very interesting seeing him kind of transitioning through maybe life stages, but with a character on stage who is younger. So... Even simple things like the fact that he's kind of puts on a wig now to perform when presumably early in his career. I'm guessing that that would have been his hair, but maybe I'm wrong. But it's just very interesting to see that, of this kind of act that was created when he was so much younger, yet he's still creating amazing material for it. So it's very, it is very interesting to see him, like, the journey that he's going on. This is a very interesting sort of life stage for him. And I think yeah, it's amazing to see it. It's, it's kind of very generous of him to allow it to be shared through documentaries I think that's a really kind of a very candid view of life I think it's quite beautiful finally two questions that are both sort of addressed in the trailer for the documentary so I think we can talk about them relatively openly without spoiling it for anyone that's not seen the film the first one is uh, amazing Jonathan in the in the trailer and obviously in the film calls out Ben the documentarian for uh, being disappointed that he's not dying within his time frame. The film shot over four years. At the beginning, we're told that the Amazing Jonathan's got a year to live. Um, where do you think the Amazing Jonathan is really ill, or is he just is he tricking everyone about his illness? Oh, I think my view of comedy is always that there's there's always a truth behind a joke, and I think that there is a lot of truth in in the things that have been said and shared and. I think one thing that it really made me reflect, though, was not so much about the truth of Jonathan and his life, was more about the role of the documentary maker. Is that somebody has... Because of this bizarre situation, and very unfortunate in lots of ways, what attracts a documentary maker to create a documentary 
in that situation. And it really is a documentary that puts a big mirror up to the docu- documentary maker as well, because as you see in the trailer, like he's not the only one making a documentary. So you become very aware of the process of documentary making. So it's a really, I found that a really interesting question as why would they be doing it? And what's the nature of the journey they're going on? So I found that really very thought provoking. So there's lots of layers to it. And especially with the Q and A afterwards. So I hope, I'm guessing that that will be visible online somehow, or some people will be able to see that Q and A. But a Q and A between Louis Theroux and the makers of the documentary was also very telling because you had Louis Theroux sharing his own experience of being in similar situations and trying to work out how much of himself to put in his own documentary about someone else. So that for me was very educational because I've never ever thought about those things before. Final question. There's a point in the film when uh, Amazing Jonathan says that, uh, well, I suppose encourage isn't technically the right, the right word, but suggests that um, he'll only smoke crack on film if the documentarian does as well and he, he weighs it up through quite a large point in the film whether or not to do this um, Neil would you smoke crack with the amazing Jonathan for a documentary um, I've been legally advised not to tell you whether or not I did when I made my documentary about amazing Jonathan I don't know and that's not a spoiler by the way if anyone's worried um, I don't know I think Again, for me, that asked a really interesting question about does the documentary maker have to have literally walked in the shoes of the person they're telling the story of? Or is it okay for you to walk in your own shoes and just talk about how you feel about the fact that there's maybe parts of this person's experience that you can't relate to? I don't know. I found it very interesting as yet another thing that asked me questions about documentary making in general. It's like, do you have to really do your best to inhabit that person's world to report on it or is it okay to be an outsider kind of maybe making you a less reliable narrator if you haven't walked in their shoes so much like talking about addiction if that's not necessarily something you immediately live with how do you do that as a documentary maker surely you can't just talk about things you've experienced yourself that's defeats the object of making a documentary so it really questioned for me like how involved you have to become in the story that you're telling and yeah it was just fascinating i love it final final question uh the listener and there will be another one the listener would have been able to hear some cars traffic going past as we head on our pub crawl it's a very dark path you <laughs> brought me down i, I don't know where i am i could have taken you through this scary park <laughs> and then things would have been weird it's a real crime podcast here where i take my victim through a park uh, we're heading to the pub neil i'm going to buy you a pint um oh. what have you got to look forward to what have you got coming up Pint of cider aside. <laughs> oh, well, um, lots of exciting things happening. So Christmas is just around the corner. So I have a, like quite a few different things happening. My cabaret collective, the House of Q, are doing some shows. So come and see us. My own show, I Draw Clouds, is undergoing a big rewrite. And I do it again, probably in January. Um, I'm also really excited. I got to see Ben Hart's show, Wonder, this past weekend. Um, and I've been helping out in a little way with that. So if Wonder's coming anywhere near you, it's going basically everywhere in the UK, so have a look around. That's definitely worth catching if you can get a ticket for Ben Hart. What else is happening? So many things are happening. Um, I'm doing lots of writing. There's a book coming out. I don't know if I can say much more about that. There's lots of good things. Lots of good things around the corner. 
and catch Cain and Abel. Oh, of course. Oh, they're amazing. <laughs> Catching them, they'll be being predators in parks in Hackney. <laughs> I think they've caught me. I'm in trouble. Okay, and that's the last words of Neil Kelso. <laughs> it was nice knowing you all. The number one podcast for great stories from the world of magic, circus, comedy and variety. You're listening to Talking Tricks. So that's what Neil and I made of it, but right up at the other end of the country in Edinburgh, Chris Cook was watching the film. And Chris Cook is a magician, but also a former BBC journalist. So I thought he was a really interesting person to to chat to about this. And me and him do talk about the ethics behind making a documentary of a subject like Jonathan. So that gives us another really interesting take. So here's here's Chris and I. Well, I'll let you know about the atmosphere in Edinburgh. So I think I went to the wrong cinema is what I would say. I, I went to like a, I went with some other magicians from like the magic club here. And they were like, let's go to a mainstream cinema. And I was like, why don't we go to like the cameo or the film house? Cause they're showing it. And they were like, let's go to the Odeon because it's, you know, more central and has a car park. And there was like nearly nobody else in the whole cinema, which is a real shame. There's a few other people there, but like it was literally mainly just us and that was it. Um, so atmosphere was rubbish, but I really liked the vibe. And like we were, I was like trying to get everyone applauding for Louis Theroux at the end and stuff like that, because it's like, it makes it feel a little bit more like you're there as opposed to just going, oh yeah. Um, so I thought it was cool. And the film, I thought the film was really, really good. Like I really liked it. Um, I think... Like, I, I don't know how much I can say about it because it's just going to spoil it for people who've not seen the film. But well, I've um, just I've just watched back the trailer, which obviously okay. anyone okay. can watch to remind myself like what we find out in the trailer. And in the trailer, we obviously find out he's been given this um, death sentence, so to speak. Three years later, he's still alive. Ben and other people doubt whether he's actually is ill or whether he's um, making it up and it's all a prank. Um, He tells Ben he wants him to smoke crack with him, meth with him. Yep. And he also, we find out that there's another camera crew. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll go with that then. I won't say any more than what that gives away, but that is quite a lot, isn't it? So, um, yeah. Okay. So like, yeah, I really liked it. I really liked the film. I thought it was, great i thought it was like watching a magic trick itself because like what you're expecting it to be is not what it is and the direction you think it might go in is not like necessarily where it follows um and i thought it was really good i'm i you could see why louis theroux was there to host it not only because i think the sort of twist ending sort of implies that like i can see now how a contact like louis theroux could maybe have come on board but um, but also like Ben Berman's sort of style was quite Louis Theroux esque, which I imagine is not necessarily what he wanted to go for. I'm sure he probably wanted to make a documentary about about the amazing Jonathan and not really be a part of it himself. But um, due to the nature of the film and of another documentary coming on board and the potential prestige of them, like you can see that it had to be a film about him making a film about Amazing Jonathan and not just a film about Jonathan himself. Um, And I thought that was really good. Yeah, there was certainly, I I had real like, um, I was worried that it was gonna be just a film about him and it was gonna become quite self-serving or it was gonna become a sob story. But actually, I think I really liked his tale in it. I think, um, again, not to spoil anything, but there was a great moment 
at towards the end of the film, I won't say why she's saying it, but where Jonathan's mum was like, oh, that's really good and I'm really proud of you. And I felt like that was also like Ben's mum saying that to him. I felt like that was like a part of the tale, um, which again, maybe, maybe won't mean anything to people who've not seen it, but I think will once you've watched it. Um, and yeah, I think like, I think, I think some of the magicians that I went with were possibly slightly disappointed because they were like, I just wanted to see loads of magic tricks and I wanted to see it to be more about The Amazing Jonathan. But I think it wasn't a film about Jonathan particularly. It was more sort of, it was a film about the ethics of documentary making. Um, I think it would be like, I think it would honestly be a really good thing to teach. I mean, I, so I, I studied uh, broadcast journalism. So kind of like know a little bit about documentary making and had to sort of sit through like educational sort of this is how you make a documentary. And I think it would be an amazing film for that. I think it would be like perfect to sort of as a discussion piece about the ethics of documentary making and be like a teaching aid in itself. Yeah, um, I, think, I think you're spot on with that. Um, yeah. I'm interested then at kind of with, with your magician hat on for a minute. What was your... Um, impression with the amazing Jonathan going into the film where like were you a fan were you kind of just you know yeah, aware sure. of him but not not too keen or um and how did yeah, that sure. change during during watching the film okay so so I didn't really know the amazing Jonathan when I was getting into magic but I remember when I was like at university and was talking about magic with someone and they I think they were South African and they were like oh you know who we I really like is the amazing Jonathan and I, I don't know if I just not really twigged him, but he seemed to have made it bigger in South Africa, watched some of his stuff and was like, God, I love this guy. I think he's brilliant. Um, I, I got a bit more into like, so at the time that he announced that he was dying, um, not long after that, he was on Mark Moron's um, WTF podcast. And like, if you have not heard that, I cannot recommend anything better. Like it was, it was so good. It was so enlightening, enlightening. It was so funny. Um, like I'm, there's a bit in it where he's like, you know, I'm dying now, and like there's things I want to do. He's like, I guess I feel like maybe I should try heroin, but like I don't know, I don't know if I want a jacket, but maybe like I'd smoke it. And Moron's there being like, oh my god, you've not done heroin? He's like, you should totally do heroin. And it's just, it's a really good listen. But he talks about like how he got into magic, how he got hooked on coke, like how he spent time. I'm pretty sure up in Alaska for like six months doing a season there, just like learning how to have sex by sleeping with hookers who in exchange would take his coke and he just he's clearly had an absolutely mental life um and it's really good because i think like let's be fair like magician is not very rock star i think magicians like to think it is but like a lot of the time it's not very rock star at all and i think he's the closest we've got to a sort of rock star magician i'm sure chris angel would beg to differ but um yeah, I, I would definitely say The Amazing Jonathan is where the rock star of magic is. So um, I, I think I learned loads from that interview with Mark Moran. I, I would recommend it. I, I don't know if my opinion of him changed more. Like, he's clearly a real practical joker. I know that he, like, um, celebrities have uh, paid him to go into their house and build, like, little pranks and like bookshelves that leap out at you and hidden trapdoors and stuff like that. Like he's clearly just a real practical joker. Uh, the film like really showcased that. I thought the, the scene quite early on where he's taking some medication and choking on it and you're like, is he choking? I think he's faking it. And then Ben himself is like, 
are you just messing around? And he's like, no. But even then you're like, I, I'm still not really sure. And I think the whole film felt like that. It felt like him sort of possibly playing a prank on us, but possibly not. Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know if my opinion of him changed loads. I felt like I really like had a lot of respect for him at the end. Um, but he did definitely come across a lot like just a sort of messed up kind of Ozzy Osbourne figure. Um, what I did really like was, again, and not spoiling anything, but he says something earlier on in the film about how like the, the typical story, and you hear this in like, you hear this in the stories of those that survived, you know what I mean? Like the people like um, uh, Kurt Cobain and Jimi Hendrix and people, like it's okay for us to look up to them, you know, I, people like um, maybe Amy Winehouse who maybe never really overcame their addictions but died young. But his story, you know, he says that like the, um, the predominant feeling in the sort of world of the arts is that you go through a druggy phase and you come out of it. And that is like, those are the stories we hear all the time of the survivors of the people like Anthony Kiedis and, you know, that did all of that heroin or did all that coke, but now they're quit and they're sober. And we hear this all the time, like Doug Stanhope, you know, Frankie Boyle used to be an alcoholic. We, it's all over the place. I really liked that he was like, yeah, I kind of got into drugs. Drugs gave me a lot of success. And then I never really got out of the drugs and the success continued. And sometimes the like, golden boy story of overcoming addiction just isn't true and it was just so satisfying to hear yeah that. i know i know that lemmy never really stopped drinking until like the day that he yeah. died but he just um i can't remember i think he went on to vodka like in the end like someone interviewed him once and they were like, he was like do you want a drink he's like sorry i haven't got much to offer you i only drink vodka now <laughs> yeah i mean that's exactly it like there are a few exceptions like lemmy like the amazing jonathan and it's really satisfying to hear their stories although i suppose like lemmy you know maybe that is going to be the cause of the amazing jonathan not living too long i don't know i don't know i mean in the podcast with mark moran he talks a lot about how he's pretty sure it's the coke that uh, that did that to his heart and that's why he's gonna have a heart attack soon um, it was also quite like, it was quite tragic, the film, watching, watching him slowly deteriorate over the couple of years that that's happened. But at the same time, it did feel a bit like he wasn't helping himself. Um, I had quite a visceral like experience of th that moment where he sort of talks about how he's like, oh yeah, we live this life like, you know, this, this life of luxury, we live in a mansion. Um, but it means that it's really hard to motivate yourself to do anything because we have everything we need and, you know, just posting a letter, you're like, oh God, I've got to post a letter in two days and it becomes a really big deal. And I was like, I mean, I don't live a lifestyle like that at all, but even I feel like that sometimes, you know, it's just watching someone really struggle to motivate themselves, you know, creative people struggle to motiv motivate themselves. That's something that like we can all sort of empathize with. And I, I find that quite hard to watch, really. Yeah, and it is, it's quite funny because he is the boy that cried wolf. And then he's also kind of, he's so kind of childlike because he's got all these toys, isn't he? You know, he's, he's, yeah. he's like playing around on things and he's dicking around with his like music stuff high all the time. He's kind of like a teenage boy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think so. Like, I think he's, he's that perfect example of like, you know, that 
money won't bring you happiness. Like, you're right, you just get the impression that he sort of sits around and kind of plays with his toys and smokes his meth a lot. And I think maybe that's what I had a, a reaction to as well, is kind of being a bit like, you know, oh God, like, we all like to think that like, if we won the lottery, we'd, we'd do something incredible with it. But like, the fact of the matter is, maybe we would just end up like that and just sit around smoking meth and playing on VR and trying to make terrible music. And yeah, I don't know. Um, I think the, the meth was a really interesting part to it and sort of him offering it to Ben and Ben's journey of it. I, I, think, I think the film itself has that like, although it's a documentary, you spend the whole film thinking, can I believe that this is real? Can I believe that any of this is real? Like, is he in on it? Was Jonathan in on it? Like, he's not, are the drugs real? Is the journey real? Is this other documentary crew real? And I think like, that really played into it, if anything. Um, so I, I really liked uh, his answer, Ben's answer in the Q&A with Louis Theroux afterwards when they talked about a little bit more about the meth experience, I think he had a great answer response to like what that, that seemed quite secretive. If anything, I would say like, uh, maybe in the q and I'd have really liked it if he'd have just kept the whole thing a secret and we'd have never really known if any of it was real. Because I think he was quite clear about saying, no, 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 this is really a documentary. And although we used a few deceptive practices, we cheated a little bit to get things that we needed for the cut or we played some tricks. I mean, I think that in itself was a real joy to watch at the, at, at the end of the film. And again, I don't think I'm spoiling anything by saying you realize that perhaps at the end or perhaps throughout, he himself was playing some tricks on Jonathan, who in return was doing the same to him. I think that was really satisfying to watch. It's, it almost had that sort of heist movie feel of, you know, the typical thing in a heist movie is that the con is being conned and then often the double bluff, the con is conning the conners. And, and it, it really had that feel throughout. Yeah, it did. And it's quite fun. And I think everyone watching it, especially kind of being aware that the ending is such a huge part of it. I think people now will go in watching it being like, oh, how is this going to end? And you do spend a lot of the film thinking, how is this going to end? But it certainly isn't a damp squid. It's no, not, not at all. I mean, I, I, so I spoke to a, uh, my best friend about it today and he was like, you know, how was it? And I said it was really good. But he was like, I don't want you to spoil it because I'm going to watch it, but I, I need to think about the ending. And I was like, well, look, you're making a film about someone who's dying. There is only one way that that film ends. And so if he doesn't die, it becomes really difficult to think about how you're gonna end your movie. And I think the film itself did a really good job of kind of showing that. And I think, I think had, I mean, I don't want Jonathan to die. I'd love him to live as long as possible, but knowing that he is, you know, dying, I think if he had have died during the creation of the film, it wouldn't have made a better movie. It is much better the way it was. And I think that's really satisfying. Whereas I think, you know, you might think that it has a bit of a predatory sort of aspect to it, preying on the vulnerable in their dying days. But actually, it, it didn't come across like that at all. And, and I think it was really nice to see Ben, the director, a lot more of him exposed along the journey. I think you, in that Louis Theroux style of when you watch a Louis Theroux documentary, as much as it's about him 
exposing his subject, it naturally ends up, you learn a lot about Louis and, and who he is as a person. And I think it, it made sense that it's a two-way street. Um, it was really great to see as much of Ben come out as as much of Jonathan came out along, along the journey of the film. Final question for you, a question about questions. We were obviously encouraged to tweet our questions uh, yep. for, for consideration to be read out uh, and asked by Louis Ferrou at the BFI. Um, what, what were your sort of burning questions at the end of the, the movie that, that you kind of wanted to know from, from the team behind it? Um, so I had a real desire to know how much of it was true and to, you know, ask about that. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, actually, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. So I was almost disappointed to find out that nearly all of it is true and all of that. Um, I think the, the other question that I really wanted, I think he answered, um, which was, uh, you know, I think we all want to know, are you still in touch with Jonathan? And, uh, and I think he kind of answered that by saying that, you know, Jonathan really likes the film and he came along to see it at Sundance and, uh, and supported it, which in itself is kind of hilarious because of how he is portrayed throughout. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I, I really wanted to know. Um, I, yeah, I think, I think the only question that I'd have asked is one that I think I can't say now because it'll spoil it for anyone who who didn't see the film. But yeah, no, I think, I think they did a really good job of, of summing all that up. And um, it was great to see the whole panel talking about it, not just Ben, if that makes sense. Yeah, and final, final question then. Do, do you think you would have smoked meth with the amazing Jonathan? A hundred percent, 100% I would have. Yeah, absolutely. I think if he'd have offered it, um, I'd have given it barely a moment's thought. <laughs> I couldn't imagine a better partner to smoke meth with. Awesome. Thank you, mate. All right. Cheers, man. So there we are, the amazing Jonathan documentary. That's our take here on Talking Tricks. Thanks to Chris Cook. Thanks to Neil Kelso. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, it's really interesting to be able to bring you something a bit different this week. It felt like magic was at the, the heart of the universe. Everyone was clamouring to these cinemas all across the United Kingdom, almost a hundred cinemas, to watch a film about a magician. And that felt very, very exciting. I must say a big thank you to the Castle Cinema in, in Clapton. They gave me some of the, the marketing material to take home with me, the, the sort of posters and, and things like that, because I was snapping pictures of them for my Instagram and they were like, just take it home. So the missus are very happy that the bar, because we have a bar in our house, has got amazing Jonathan merchandise on at the moment. But maybe we'll give that away at some point if we do some live talking tricks. Who knows? But thank you ever so much for listening and have a cracking week. Thank you for listening to Talking Tricks with Cade and Abel. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast.